Welcome to the Science of Psychotherapy podcast with your hosts, Richard Hill and Matthew Darlitz. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Science of Psychotherapy podcast. I'm Matthew Darlitz, Editor-in-Chief of the Science of Psychotherapy and as always here with good mate and Managing Editor, Richard Hill. Yes, here we are again uh, for another exciting episode in the fantastic annals of the the Science of Psychotherapy podcast. And, uh, you know, I just was looking uh, the other day at the number of uh, podcasts and things that are available, you know, behind paywalls or in various things, and I thought, (laughs) this is pretty good. You know, we, we, we hope you enjoy. And if you do enjoy what we're doing, there's a few things. Certainly you can come in and and become a member, so then you access all the other stuff. But you might not want to do that. You're doing things. But you'll find a little little button on our uh, our website which just says buy a cup of coffee. Yeah. And and that's just like a, like a, a Patreon. It's just a little donation. Every now and again, you might say thanks with a few bucks. Uh, that would really help us be able to keep this going on because we are going to have a, a lot of fun uh, uh, with all the process because this is really interesting lady that we've got here that we've had an article in the magazine before. Uh, but anyway, you tell us about it. Okay, so we're going to have a chat to Dr. Pamela Serafin, and she is the developer of neurorhythmic trauma therapy. She specializes in neurobiologically informed somatic approaches for recovery from PTSD and complex trauma. Now, Dr. Serafin, as Richard has said, we've had a, uh, an article from her in the past about drumming, and uh, we're going to talk more about drumming today. And I think this is just a fascinating technique that is accessible to everyone. Yeah, and she was a professional drummer, I, I think, or, or she was just very good, but then she'll tell us a story about why she had to move out. But but out of the, the change that she had to make came this wonderful work that's not only uh, an expression of the of the musical art, but now something that is is benefits us on the mental health. I mean, the things that emerge as life deals you some difficult cards could be really, really amazing. Yep. So uh, let's go across to Canada and talk to Dr. Pamela Serafin. Welcome to the Science of Psychotherapy podcast. It's so great to see you. Thank you. I'm so excited, you guys. I am excited to talk about this trauma treatment, neuropsychotherapy. We've got science of drumming. We got it all. And you're like telling me to like, we're only going to have 30 minutes. No, no, no. I'm telling you, we got a lot to cover here. So bring on, bring on the questions. I'm ready. Oh, cool. <laughs> Tell us everything. That's it. Richard okay. here. So, no, but that's great. I mean, uh, the, the enthusiasm is, is great because sometimes Matt and I get criticised for being too enthusiastic. Oh, and, uh, no. uh, and because uh, oh dear, because I, I have some noise going on outside. It's not people who are drumming, but hopefully it won't be too much. Yeah. But, but Pamela, I mean, we know you. Uh, uh, we actually uh, did a, uh, an article of yours in September of 2019. Some members go back and, and you can refer back in the, in, in the logs uh, with the, the archives of the magazine. But this uh, this fabulous work of utilizing drumming. Now I've done some of this. I'll talk about it. You know, maybe if there's a chance later okay. on. I, at, I was at a big conference and we did a big drumming session. It was fantastic. Uh, so, how about you just fill us in a little bit? Just bring us back up to speed. Okay. Who are you? Why the hell you do this? And uh, uh, you know what, what's brought <laughs> it, what's brought us to this phase? Um, sure. And and why. You, it's it's not better known. Some of these things 
that are, you know, that are rolling around in, in people who are listening sort of heads? Sure. Well, you know, I, I got to like go a little bit of the backstory first, because I never intended to be a trauma specialist, uh, be in neuroscience, but that's the path that I ended up with. So I started as a drummer since I was 12 years old, very passionate about this, but I come from a long history of trauma. Um, multiple complex trauma, PTSD, multiple mental health uh, conditions. And so when I was striving as a, as a professional drummer, of course, there were so many hurdles that I had to overcome, but we didn't associate it with trauma, right? They thought it was like, you know, people would say it was my personality, um, which would be avoidance uh, personality, of course. So as, as years went on and, you know, and I was teaching, I, you know, I've got 20 years or actually more than that. Uh, plus, um, I released an album and, uh, fearless and feminine album. And then right when I started to get on the, you know, global stage, I suffered a severe, uh, rotator cuff injury. And that took me completely out. They said it would never heal. It, you know, it was just absolutely devastating. And it stayed like that for years. So I was a single mom with a grade 10 education going through a, you know, a horrible divorce. There was nowhere else for me to go than back to university. Like that, I had no option. And the first class I took in psychology was a ner- with a neuroscientist by the name of Elliot Martin. And he was so hardcore. He was a purist neuroscientist. So he would say, you know, everything that comes out of your mouth, you better back it up with multiple sources. And I was like, he scared me to death. But it was fascinating, like so fascinating. And he had said to me, paraphrasing, that the one thing about neuroscience that was so great is that you didn't have to be afraid of um, uh, challenging the status quo. And I thought, you know, as an outsider, I was like, oh, you're speaking my language here. So that kind of introduced me to this whole world of, of neuroscience. So instead of the psychology side, so that was that was a big change in my life because up to that point, I really didn't have any background in any science at all. So I had like grade 12 education. So he, you know, I told him about the drumming and he had said to me, why don't you study the neurobiological uh, underpinnings of drumming? And I thought, okay, well, that's fascinating. Little did I know everyone thought I was crazy because it had barely ever been done. And, you know, there was no interest in it and yada, yada. So throughout the years, of course, it took me uh, almost 15 years to get my doctorate. I went down the whole path of, of neuroscience, neurobiology, of trauma, because I had to learn the trauma to be able to get to this point. And so what happened along the way, which is just, you know, this is why I came in as, as, as an older adult, you know, late 30s going into university. And I started noticing that there was so much division between types of treatments for trauma and the neuroscience side and the somatic side and the cognitive, you know, all these different, it's like the left hand wasn't talking to the right. So I came in going, what the hell is happening here? Because none of it was making sense. And from my 
uh, experience. And because I had worked with trauma survivors uh, just through the music therapy and the counseling, that it just, it wasn't adding up. It was like, it's as if all this, the trauma treatment and I, and I have complete respect for all of those that came before me. However, I think they missed the point in many ways. They missed the, the integrative brain, the entire brain, including mind, body, soul. And they just like divided it into just cognitive sides of things, cognitive, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, all change your mind. And I knew from the lived experience and from, from the science of drumming, what was needed was this merging of both at the same time. You had to learn how to retrain the traumatized brain using your mind and using your body. So that's a huge part of what I teach. And the drumming is the tool I use. It's not all that I teach. It is the absolute tool. So I, I talk about, um, I'm all about retraining the traumatized brain and getting it to work to your advantage. It doesn't matter what condition you have, what you're dealing with. Absolutely everything you do, you experience, you feel, you see, you, you know, your personality is processed through the brain, right? So you can't be in uh, mental health services and trauma treatment and not be talking about the brain. Like, hello, guys, by the way, this is spectacular. Seriously, this should be required reading because we have to stop this division of, of having, you know, separate therapies and different pieces without this this collective understanding of what trauma treatment should be and what it should offer. And I come in going, you know what? Maybe they had it wrong the whole time. Maybe trauma treatment should start with pleasure, excitement, passion, novelty, music, creativity. Start there. Upward spiral, you know, to push in that heightened sense. Then... Hello, then let's talk about retraining the brain with the mind, but not before we engage this, this, your body in that. So that's the entry. That's the starting point, guys. Oh, that's fantastic. No, it's fantastic, uh, Pamela. And th there's so many things in there. And first of all, for those who are just listening on the podcast, Pamela was holding up Matthew and my fabulous book, The Practitioner's Guide yes. to the Science of Psychotherapy. Uh, but, is, but I'm giving you big props for this. I have to, uh, I'm not uh, made to thanks. step on you, but I honestly, and I'm not blowing smoke here, this is what is needed and it's missing. And there's not enough exposure and focus on teaching therapists of today, 21st century therapists, which I am. I know this is who I am, and that's what's needed. So, okay, sorry, I want to interrupt yeah. now. <laughs> no, that, no, that's great. No, but, but what I mean, this you're bringing up this incredible dilemma uh, that was mm -hmm. created by the nature of um, uh, of, of psychology. It's the nature of psychology, study of the mind. Study of well, it's, it's, right? and psychotherapy is is yes. the psyche, the, the brain, and the 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 soul uh, as well. And it, what you were talking about when you say, you know, sing it, you know, dance it, move it, uh, act it, this yes. is, of course, what the Greeks did uh, two and a half yes. thousand years ago. They knew they wouldn't, mm -hmm. they wouldn't actually 
uh, talk about it or get down to the the, to the philosophizing until they had yeah. gone through these experiential engagements to right. open up the body, to, to, to yeah. wake up the mechanisms. And although we say, and it's vital and exactly right, that the, the brain is 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 the pathway of, is the, the, mm-hmm. the junction of a lot of activity yeah. going on. Yeah. We also know uh, that the brain is, um, is integrating and, and acting not necessarily as an instigator but as a responder. Yeah. So we have mm-hmm. uh, you know, the heart brain and the gut brain and the skin brain mm-hmm. and we have the cellular communications yeah. and we have what is really, I think, that, that, that is one of the central keys to, um, to the drumming relationship. There's many, but this is just one of the central ones that jumps up to mind. Mm-hmm. We have a rhythmic framework within our structure and there, there's a yeah. rhythmic framework with, within the universe, but let's just look within us, that yeah. when it is disoriented and disengaged and dysfunctional, uh, mm-hmm. that that's when we get problems. And so drumming has got mm-hmm. so many mechanisms. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm just yeah. listening to there's there's yeah. left right. If you're working two drums on either side, when yeah. you're getting left right, you're getting uh, yeah. vibrational effects. Uh, this for anyone who knows polyvagal, this will have mm-hmm. implications on vagal. You have work in yeah. the throat, which is stimulating. It goes on and on and on. I won't say it, it yes. to you, yes. but opening that yeah. doorway. Can you discuss some of these yes. these ways it affects and the yes. the the ways it brings the body into its engagement with itself. Yes. Yes. Well, the, when, it, when it comes to drumming, now, the, the thing that's confusing is that when you think drumming, you, usually people think, okay, rock star or drum circle. And they don't realize that the art of drumming has been around for 7,000 years. It's very si- similar to the practice of yoga. And it's, it blows my mind that that this hasn't caught on yet. Like, I just think it's like pre-yoga before they started studying yoga. It's like once they start studying it, they're going to be like, well, of course, of course, it's everything. So the brain body model looks at drumming from uh, rhythmic um, uh, integration. So the timing, like what you're saying, looks at it from the perspective of meditation and mindfulness. They've been meditating with rhythms for the beginning, since forever. And so how it got lost along the way not to study the fact that they were meditating on phrases, the, the program that I created, Neural Rhythmic Trauma Therapy, we have what's considered a rhythmic mantra for uh, patterns put together. You play them very strong. You do a concentrative meditation or you have mindfulness. Once it moves into the motor memory, you're allowed to expand and be able to um, allow your, your thoughts to pass by. There's so much uh, involved there. Plus we have muscle dynamics and breathing techniques. And then we have the whole side of social engagement, Look at what happens. Like, I'm telling you, if I was with you and we were doing the, the, the program, if I brought the bond that we would share and who I, when I share it with anybody is unbelievable. Like, it's just so you, you can't not like nobody's ever like sat with me and gone, oh, I don't think so. Like, no, they're like, 
you know, it opens the door. And when it comes to trauma, and you guys know that, especially for my side, because I was so avoidant, you really couldn't come close to me. The only way you can come close to me is through the music first. So there is this barrier of safety that is allowed. And that is key. It's missing. It's like people are expecting uh, trauma survivors to come into an office and start talking well, there's there's no safety. There's nothing there. And they they deserve this. And this is what really this drove me to this you know obsession to create this program that could be used all over the world because every single, almost every single culture, country, every population has drums. They have the answer is there. And they just don't know it. So you have to learn the skills of what the drumming can do. It's not just, you know, just play. That's different. Doing something, uh, doing something and doing something with intent, completely different. That really has to be understood because it depends on what I'm trying to accomplish or what I'm working with with the client. That depends on what the result is, right? What, what are we doing it for? And this is a really big part of retraining the brain. And I've got to say this, because no matter what, it still comes down to you've got to get control of the traumatized brain. You have to become the boss of your brain. I don't know how this isn't talked about more. I tell you, there's no healing or recovery or sustainable change if you don't have control of your brain. And we do that, like I said, using the mind, using the body. And who does that? This is the other entity. Now, you can call it whatever you want. I call it the soul. But it can be your conscious self, your true self, your spirit guide, your God, doesn't matter. But is this that's telling this conscious intention, even when we're playing with the, with the music, that is controlling this, this brain. Because if you let the brain control, have control, cue the cue the beeping because the profanity is coming, that motherfucker is going to destroy your life. It will take you down the path you were never meant to go. It will make you say things you shouldn't say, do things you shouldn't do. It will make you love people you shouldn't love. It'll make you just your whole world of view. If you let your brain, if the brain's controlling the show, there's no hope. There's no hope for trauma survivors to really transform their life because they're going to keep having problems. It's not like you heal and then, you know, no more things. You've got to be able to understand how the brain works and what you can do, what works for your brain, what you can do to to make it work to your advantage. And that's how I tie the rhythm and the drumming is meant to retrain that brain. Yeah. Now, now, can you um, can we get very practical here and just, just talk about your approach? I know you do a lot of one-on-one um, with, mm-hmm. with trauma clients. So just step us through what your approach is, um, how you assess, sure. and then how you know what to do specifically with the drumming. Okay. So normally, so I do the uh, neuropsychotherapy, but then I do the neurorhythmic trauma therapy, which is a 12 week protocol. And it's really based on now it can, it doesn't matter 
what trauma you're dealing with. It doesn't matter what symptoms you're dealing with. There's three core principles. You've got to learn how to reset your nervous system. No matter what, you got to know how to go from sympathetic to parasympathetic or, or too deep in parasympathetic. You got to be able to normalize it. So no matter what it's that. So then we got to learn how to release toxicity and trauma from the body. That usually comes from, from my experience, is people do not know ways to release this trauma built up largely, I have found, from lack of boundaries or lack of the opportunities to have set the boundaries or even in uh, as adult like especially with men I work a lot with men they're my my favorite to work with because of in this area in particular they're taught mainly to suppress emotions right so you have to have a way to express them to get it out of your body because there's this this you know this mental toughness that you can uh, just suppress it right like it's not really happening no that's detachment that's that's disassociation right so of course the drumming works extremely well with them there's a lot of lot of anger a lot of rage a lot of this that has to be worked out so that's very much that's the second then the third then you recondition your mindset then you bring in the cognitive uh, skills so we do a lot of body uh, bottom up techniques first and then we bring in the top down now i always do a 90 day sprint i call it then we do three goals three main goals that the client wants so um whatever that will be and then we i hold them accountable and these strategies are in place to support the goals now on top of this the entire framework is based on addressing the five primary areas of the brain's most affected by trauma. So we've got three lower to mid, which is the amygdala, fear center. And I know this is simplified. Uh, the hippocampus, which is smaller most of the time. So you've got a lot, of, a lot of issues there. And, of course, the insula, so the interoception center. Most common, they're completely detached. They're all like bobbleheads, right? Not attached to your body. We have to work those areas first. And then we bring in the prefrontal cortex, more the cognitive techniques and the cingulate cortex, which is more of uh, the emotional regulation. So the client might not necessarily know what we're working on at the same time. It doesn't matter. I can see, you can clearly see when people have no body awareness. You can see when their, you know, their brain, their their fear centers hijacked. Like you, you can tell. Any experienced therapist will know what is missing is that there's very few strategies that combine or or uh, modalities that combine both. And that was a big part. It's not one or the other. And sometimes we'll switch it up. Like sometimes some of the men, they like to do more cognitive work first, um, you know, but the, when I do the concentrative uh, uh, mantras, they love that, right? You under, they understand how it works and they're not just sitting, learning to meditate, but you still have all the science and all the evidence that backs up that why this is working. And then we go from there. So that's a 12 week protocol. And like I said, it doesn't matter what the problem is. It's still going to, e even if you didn't have the trauma or you were in denial of trauma, it's still going to work because you still got to learn how to get control of your brain. You still got to learn those three 
uh, reset and um, release and recondition no matter what. Yeah, I think it's really important what you're saying there. The the um, about the brain. There's this this idea uh, in some thinking that the brain is this all powerful, uh, incredible agency. Um, yeah. But actually, it's just another biological part of our of our system, and it yeah. functions in relation to the to the experience that it that it has uh, gone through mm-hmm. over time and uh, in the same way as our immune system does this in the same way as uh, we have on a cellular levels and uh, so the brain is not the magician if if the brain is doing something um, that doesn't mean yeah. that it's supposed to so you know there, there's, no, it, no. it's not like the god of anything and yeah. so that's 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 a wonderful way of of starting the process and and what's interesting in what you're saying, there's two things that you're talking about, cognitive, the settling, the talking. There's two sides that we seem to fight with a little bit in mm-hmm. psychotherapy. And I, I think this is what you're saying, and you, I, if I'm on the same train, is one is we stop and sit and contemplate, and that can even be going to things like meditation and mindfulness, which is cool. Mm-hmm. But what's yeah. that telling us? That's telling us that we're disrupted and disorganised and we're trying to settle. But the other yeah. one is, and it's something because my wife's a, a body worker, and okay. you know, sixty to seventy percent of our body does of our biology does nothing but move us. Mm-hmm. So our muscles, our bones, our things, and the motor cortex in the brain, and everything. so movement is an integral part. Movement activity yeah. we know that for depression, since go for a twenty minute walk yeah. every day, create yeah. rhythm, create pattern. Mm-hmm. But then what you've got with drumming is everything can be sort of up the notch or two or, two yeah. or 20. As yeah. you say, you can. it's a bit difficult to walk angrily, although, you know, yeah. people probably do that uh, yeah. in the, when they're dealing with stuff. But you can whack the – you can whack the yeah, – yeah. I've done it's this not, stuff. It's fantastic. Yes. Yes, right. It's not. This is why when I when I started, you know, looking at all the other different techniques, I was like, "Have people not suffered because those techniques aren't working on me?" Because I know suffering at a very deep level, and I know, I know that they don't work for me. So I assumed there's others that it wasn't working for. So this idea that you get this smack on on the drum and you feel it and you ground yourself in to this object. And not only that, you have the whole gamification of learning it, like being able to break patterns down and multiply, you know, adding it on and then building this, uh, these rhythms that feel so good. I mean, you can't get that anywhere. You can't play a piano and go like four notes repeatedly over time. Your brain's going to go, oh, this, you know, this is terrible. When you're playing the drum, even the simple patterns you can still get into a state of euphoria. And that was when I first started studying the uh, science of drumming, when I was injured, I started um, playing a tombak drum, which is a Persian drum that only uses the usually the tips of the fingers. And I had to chip for years with just this part. And that's what got me realizing, because and it was very slow. It is the deepest meditation. Um, I would have the same euphoric feeling and I would be like this is what I was discussing with this neuroscientist like why is that happening if I'm not doing something like crazy and yada 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 well 
I was really digging into the reward circuitry where you're gamifying it, right? It was part of this. So I really teach uh, clients um, how to gamify the brain. You don't just ran through it. You have to be intentional. This is, this is a big part, right? The difference of if you were just to play, if you were just to play drums and that, there's still, you know, you're still gonna have benefits. It's not that. It's completely different when you're intentional, but what exactly you're trying to do and, 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 uh, the, the focus on, uh, like I said, what, what is, what are we trying to accomplish here? So that was, you know, that was a huge, that was a huge breakthrough realizing that you could experience this, this joyfulness, even with the smallest of things. So, and that, that goes along with, um, uh, you know, hyperarousal and hypoarousal, hypoarousal, you can do the smallest of patterns. And I've seen it. Yeah. You, I, you know, we work with, um, people that are suffering from cancer and are, are, can barely move, but you can do the patterns. If you can give them the smallest of thing, you can get that spiral upward spiral effect. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I appreciate the dynamic range um, that you have to work mm-hmm. with is, is incredible. Now I've got a few practical questions for you, um, about, um, doing this sort of therapy. So, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you're in your, uh, therapy room with the client and they're with a drum. Now, yeah. do they take a drum home and, and is there like homework that they, they have to continue doing or does it only happen in the therapy session? How does that work? Okay. That, that's a great question. Cause no, you don't necessarily have to have a drum. Okay. Now, most of the time they they're very inspired to. <laughs> so I never am like, Hey, you need one. They're like, where can I get one? This is amazing. I don't have one here with me, but I use what's called a turbo slap top cajon. So it's almost like a table and they're very uncommon. I chose that drum. So it wasn't related to any other type of culture, you know, so I didn't want to infringe on, I had played, you know, if you play an African one, you've got issues with, you know, they want to make it a certain one. So I chose this one because it is like a table. It gives you the opportunity to actually start off just with the table or body percussion. So you're not required, but because this drum was made to mimic like a drum kit, it's got snares in it. It's so fun (laughs) that, you know, so far, no one's like, ah, it's not for me. It's like, no, I'm pretty sure you're going to want to find this. But you can, like I said, you can use a table. So if we were working, um, because sometimes it's just virtual, right? So I could teach uh, a rhythm or something just on your body or just on the table or on a pillow. Like sometimes if we're doing, you know, dealing with rage and stuff. Um, and, and, And let me say this. It's important with rage because you think, especially a lot of men, they think uh, brute force, like tension. And we know you can't apply tension. You can apply speed. And my style, I'm I'm extremely a a very fast player, which is, they find so shocking. So they're always trying to catch up. It's like, you're not going to catch up, bro. Don't even try. But so that you get the speed that releases the speed, but not the tension in the body. So that's, that's how we teach that. Right. So sometimes they do it on the pillow, but like I said, they always want the drum anyways. <laughs> yeah. And it's so interesting. I just hear that because, because I know this, this sort of thing 
is 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 fun to do. Uh, not so yeah. much on the stomach, although that can be useful. But of course, when you're doing this, you're stimulating the thymus yeah. gland. You're, it's actually yeah. a it's actually a, 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 an upregulating thing, which which may or may not be you know where it comes into the going back through primates and they they bash their chest. That's not only yeah. to frighten the other guy and show that, but it's also to say I'm pumping myself up. But it's activating. Yes. yourself and and yeah. and really one of one of one of the things that I was a singer uh, and um I, well I guess I still am a singer I'm just not so good at <laughs> but but the idea that this is what we do we yeah. we, we learned this in in voice classes uh and I, mm-hmm. and, and I learned and we used to tap the um what we call the uh, and we used to tap what uh, we call the, the resident cavities uh, mm-hmm. around the around the body, and and we do this sort of thing. And someone would tap us on the back, and then years later, I went in and I found that these related to the chakra points. That was oh, that's yeah. another way of thinking, and then it related yeah. to tapping points, which um, which was it a thing called uh, uh, emotion focused therapy or, or whatever, one of mm-hmm. some therapy. Mm-hmm. But that all yeah. from different perspectives they 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 come in. But but when you're yeah. uh, and, and I would talk about uh, beating the drum within. So you know just mm-hmm. vocally you know boom 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 boom. Yeah. And this would do stuff. So you can create vibration in so many ways. Yeah. But when you add the hands and it's happening in the hands, mm-hmm. you're 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 taking this incredibly sensitive area and beatboxing. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. With the with the the lips and tongue, so those areas, yeah. this area and this area, are the most yes. dominant in the in the real estate in the the century and, and yeah. cortex. So yeah. you can let, see let, the tying round. Sorry, you you're Yang. I'm yeah. just actually no, getting excited. No, no, I, I, I wonder. I no, this is great because I can I show you one of the the strategies. Can I show you because this this because it it really shows. I I do a lot of this because of course with Tom you got a lot of anxiety. A ton of anxiety that people, you know, and um, one of the best, you know, that when you're in a heightened state, when you've been triggered, you can't think your way out of it, right? We know this because you're in that, your prefrontal cortex is shut down. You need to do something that activates the prefrontal cortex without thinking of that problem, right? So one of the best techniques that I do is the four minute habit. And all it requires is you're going to count to four. You're going to accent the one, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, one, two, three, four. And then you go it around. So if you, let me stand up here. If you were to do it on your, on your legs, because when people are in a state of anxiety, right, you got to, you got to, first of all, get control of your brain. You've got to command it to either find safety or what I say is we do the, the four-minute habit and you command it to do it. So the, the rhythm goes one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one. Now, sometimes you're just sitting there and they're doing it like snapping, right? Like I've got, you know, clients that they're in the middle of Costco having a panic attack and they're like, da, 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 da. So faster is this, right? Right? And that activation is, and so you try to do it for four minutes. So the goal is four minutes, but if you do it twice through, that's then you build that gamification. By the time you're doing this, 
you're not in that anxiety state. You've now taken yourself out of the sympathetic dominance and you've moved into the, you know, this relaxed state because it's making you, it's, it's, you can't not, you can't be in both places and do this kind of pattern. So, and on the drum, of course, it's, it sounds amazing, but it's a good example. Four minute habit. I, like everybody should know the four minute habit. As far as I'm going to take the four minute habit and use it because yeah. it can't not work. I, I've, you know, I've nobody's done ever that. come back and thought, you know, hey, it's, yeah. I don't know. Of course it works. I, I, I've done that in my life. Uh, oh. This thing of uh, not uh, quite so organized, but where you you accent this side, then you accent that side, and mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. as a pleasurable as a relaxing thing. And I, and I was just listening to the word saying control the brain. I'm thinking, uh, yeah, I'd almost like to reword it to you coordinate the brain to oh, okay. to, to to regulate it. So 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 it's mm-hmm. this it's this coordination. Um, I just, mm-hmm. you know, not wanting to get uh, with the, the confused with the fact that you've got willpower dominating the the automatic. Yeah. What you're actually getting into is not the the, the cognitive dominance. You're actually mm-hmm. getting into the subcortical um, reorganization, yeah. and and then you're able to regulate. Yeah, it's these yes. it's these broken, disorganized, confused, yes. um, uh, uh, dissociated sort of things that, that yeah. you're talking about that trauma stimulates. You know, mm-hmm. I protect myself and feel safer when I am dissociated or disorganized or or disintegrated. Mm-hmm. And then you do this sort of rhythmic type of stuff, and the body goes, "No, actually, I prefer that." Oh, yeah. just a minute! I've made a mistake. Of course, right? It's like, the, oh, it feels good. Okay, you but know. But then the real world comes on. You know, all the the the, the, the unsafe world yeah. comes along. So that's why you need the program. I can see you need time yeah. to not only yeah. say to the body, "I prefer this," but just a minute. Now, how can I reframe the yeah. way I'm working with the the, the danger space? You know, that, that yeah. horrible thing out there. And, and, and you know, I, I say to become the boss of the brain because usually in that state for trauma survivors, it's it's taken over your whole life. The brain is running the show. And the, most people don't even know that there's an option. So I have a heavy influence on becoming the boss of the brain to get that control. And then I can totally see how the, uh, um, what you were saying about the coordinated kind of effort, the whole person effort all together. Yes, is at peace, right? So, but no matter what, as soon as the brain gets carried away, you got to get it back in line and give it something. Like I was saying, you've given an alternative. And the, and the brain responds to questions and commands. And the, the problem is with the, all the mind techniques and the whole mind, you know, change your mind, change your thoughts, is that 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 voice in your head, that inner critic, people think that that's what can run the show. And unfortunately, that can be the monkey mind. And now, now you got another problem. This is why I'm like, okay, if you don't want to call it the soul, call it something else. But it's the conscious that controls the mind, that influences the brain, that it's this pattern, right? So that's how you have to, we have to look at it like this because... I, I can't say enough of how it's unfair to client people that are suffering to be giving them things that that, that can't work. They just they, it can't work if if they're not in their bodies. It can't work, and so it makes them feel like they've failed. You know how many people you know they've been to therapy for ten years 
And they don't even know that their brain processes it. They don't even know. Like they really don't know. They don't, most people don't really, they know they have a brain, of course, but they don't relate it to being in toxic relationships. They don't relate it to somatic problems. They don't relate it. They don't relate it at all. They think it's the mind because it's like the mind, the mind, the mind. And I'm like, oh, wait, the brain, the brain. <laughs> well, well, it is it is our great uh, discomfort that we have is that all, we use all these terms and th- there isn't a clear understanding of what they are. But there's lots of stories. Yeah. We, you know, we've got some, I, I keep reading this fabulous thing we did with Joseph Ledoux and we just released the podcast on oh, that. Yeah, and, I heard and it. And he great, just, yeah. he's just really cool. Yeah. So, yes. man, I, I, yes. I jumped in there. So. Yes. And no, and, and, and like I was going to say, I'm not disrespecting any, I'm not disrespecting the other practices. I, I, I really would love, I just want to open this conversation up where we, we talk about the truth about trauma and trauma treatment and what is needed and not, um, not pretend that the, the, the gold standard is still acceptable today because it's not. It was gold standard because we didn't have the neuroscientific uh, technologies back then. So there's no way of catching up. You know, you can't be cutting edge and have ten a decade of, of evidence. So we can't just keep bringing all this forward without, you know, really talking about how we got here and where we need to go here in the 21st century. Tell you what, I'd love to hear as we've gone through so much of that. Have you have you got a um, without revealing a, a client, I suppose? But is there a bit of a case study, a bit of a, a, a success story, a, a, or an example of of this happening with someone? I mean, we've given some broad. Oh, is it just yeah. sort of a particular case that you could just sort of take us through, and and that might you know take us to the end of our time anyway? Okay, sure. You know, I I was working with this just. Uh, such a beautiful human being. He's been in the military for 20, almost at retirement, but not in retirement. So very high level in the military has is severe PTSD and came to me, said he hadn't smiled or laughed or done anything of enjoyment for like eight years. And he was introduced to me and I was like, I can just tell, I mean, I can, I, it's like, you get on the video with me and I'm like, oh, I got you. I've got you. You stick with the with the twelve weeks, and we've got this. So now, of course, the men and in, in, men and women in military or or high um, professions like that, high stress professions, are usually very disciplined. So there was a bit of a bonus there because if I said do this, you know, try that, he would he would do it. So it was the first time, because I can tell if you're not doing what I tell, I can tell that the brain isn't rewiring because you haven't done it. So most people, you got to come from that stage. And he was just, you know, you've got to be at the level where you just, you're disgusted with your life. You got nothing else, nothing, you know. So we worked through this. We went through the boundaries that, you know, which is a big part especially with military, you can't have boundaries. They're, they're taught not to, right? You have to. So a lot of suppression. And by the time the 12 weeks, I'm telling you, you can't imagine this man. He is so happy. And we are, you know, because I'm like, I, I, I'm very competitive too. So I'm like, he, he kind of like challenged me and I'm like, bro, I'm going to slay you if you challenge. So we would play like this. And he was so 
you know, like he, he was a changed man. He will never be the same because he knows what it takes. He knows the, 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 the brain, the body, the mind, he understands it. So going forward, he will always have this. And this is why it was so important to have a sustainable approach where he doesn't need me. He's going to, you know, unless something comes up and then we can re-engage, but he has the skill set. And to see how happy, like laughing, crazy fun time. And he had said to me, I said, oh my God, if people saw what this was like, uh, they'd think we're crazy. And he said, if people could see what you would do, they'd be blown away. And and that was when I was like, wait a minute, maybe people should see more <laughs> because it's a lot of time, you know, you hide, of course, the case. So I don't do it in front of people. It's very personal. Right. So um, that's it. That's a great example. And, you know, uh, like I, I, yeah. I, it, it's so beautiful. It's so it's beautiful, beautiful to, to see. see. I mean, and we talk yeah. about uh, in our book, we talk about, you know, client capacities and, and uh, that they have these capacities. Mm-hmm. But what they are is like everything else, our capacities uh, for mental health, our mental health immune system, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it needs to develop. It needs to engage. It needs to uh, have the exercises that allow it to function successfully. And that is what we do. That is what we mm-hmm. do in therapy. And your particular therapy yeah. has this particularly yeah. broad and wide-ranging effect that, as you say, uh, it will work. It will happen if we go through the process because the yeah. process opens the doors. Uh, yeah. And we've got the doors, but a hell of a lot mm-hmm. of them are closed. And you add some trauma into your, your life and they're the locks on the doors. So yes. some yeah. people have the doors they haven't opened, but certainly trauma yeah. adds locks and and so yeah. you've got extra work to do. So it's, it, yeah. it's more difficult. And, and I really think we have to get away from this image uh, of trauma survivors being like the homeless or very meek and mild. No, they're, they're men in power, men and women in power. They're CEOs. They're high-functioning, living out there in the world, suffering. And so... I don't take that 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 position of that that therapy has to be you know all dark and gloomy and you know we've got to go into like the the dark deep stuff. You do have to address things, but like I said, if we gave them something that they wanted to go, like I'm hoping that the the trauma treatment becomes going forward that you want to get trauma treatment. It should be that freaking amazing that is calling everybody going, Hey, have you, have you gone? Cause you should, it's great. Like that's the kind, that's what I want it to turn into instead of this, like, let's talk mental health. Even it's like, no, let's talk about the brain. Let's talk about how you can retrain the traumatized brain. The power is it, it's in your hands. It's, it's what greater empowerment is that when you find out that, Oh my, it's you, you have the ability and and it's not like some complicated. You don't got to You don't got to learn it all. You got to learn what works for you, and then repeat. And and it certainly sounds like what you've been doing is is just super fun as well. Um, yeah, yeah, it really is. <laughs> as as we wind up, um, let us know where people can go to find out more about you and these techniques. Well, the the, the easiest way to find me is drpamelaserafin.com. 
And you can also find more about the program at the 21st century drummer.com. So those are the two places. And I would love uh, for, you know, uh, your, your listeners, if people want to reach out to me, I would, I'm always into uh, collaborating and talking more. So that'd be great. Awesome. Awesome. Dr. Pamela Serafin, thank you so much for being here on the Science of Psychotherapy podcast. And uh, we hope that we'll have more conversations in the future. Thank you so much, you guys. I, I, I'm, I'm so honored and I'm just so thrilled to be able to share my passion and my expertise and to be part of this community with you guys. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pamela. We'll, we'll see you before too long and maybe, maybe we'll bring some drums into the next one. <laughs> yes, awesome. yeah, let's do it. <laughs> us, us here too. So fantastic. And yeah. You can, you can yeah. take us through some stuff. So wonderful. That'd be great. I'd love to. <laughs> but for now, we'll say farewell. Uh, until uh, until next time, and thank you so much for sharing your your knowledge and your your enthusiasm. It uh, it, it makes Matt and I look uh, quiet, boys. So it's very good. <laughs> yeah, you guys want liven up? We got some drumming to do. Come on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bye for now. Okay. Take care. Well, yeah, that was as exciting. Well, that was even more exciting than I thought it was going to be. Gee, you know, but she's got that enormous energy and enormous focus it, it, yeah. because she's. She's a buzzy person, but we also have had some private conversations and she can really settle. Uh, I, I guess I relate to this. I mean, uh, hopefully I can do the same too, but she can really settle and really hold hold the space um, beautifully when needs be. But yeah. uh, but she certainly took us on a on a, a fabulous ride there. I loved yeah. it. Look, such, a, such an important topic. It actually reminded me of when I was younger and I was learning drumming and I, I would learn paradiddles, which is like a, um, a pattern that every every young drummer learns. And, um, you know, I'd be sort of tapping away on my parents' lounge, uh, wearing a hole in it, <laughs> doing my paradiddles, and you get into this hypnotic state. And, and it's a very pleasurable hypnotic state. And, uh, of course, back then I had no idea of what was going on, you know, mentally, but certainly now I can look back and see, yeah, that was very integrating yeah. horizontally and vertically when we're talking, you know, what's happening in the brain. And, um, and I'm just so glad that, um, that Pamela has, well, she's had the experience that she's had as being a professional drummer, but now bringing that into our world. Of yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, when I was a professional singer, a drummer, whenever we were having he would just had a pad, yeah. uh, sort of a drumming pad, and wherever we were, and we'd be sitting around talking about you know the the set or talking about the the the, the tour or whatever it was, and out would come the drum. <laughs> and he was a really laid back, easy guy. You know, it was yeah. uh, drummers very often, uh, very often are, and uh, so I guess that's that's a bit of a, a bit of a message. Um, so, so 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 we said to Pamela, let's let's jump on um, in the future, and we'll have a drumming session with her. And yeah. Be really cool. Okay, so thanks everyone for joining us here on the Science of Psychotherapy podcast. Now, look, if you like what we're doing here and um, you want to support us, please do jump across to the scienceofpsychotherapy.net. That's our academy site. Become a member and you will have access to a decade worth of material that we've gathered uh, over all of these years. And uh, we would love to have you as part of the tribe. And and we're, we're increasing now every every day the CEU certificates. So, uh, you know, putting a couple of questions and things in there so that you can actually take these back to your associations. And most associations seem to be accepting our, our certificates, which is really terrific. We're getting a lot of respect from all around the world. Fantastic. Well, thanks again, everyone, and uh, we'll catch you next time.
Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Science of Psychotherapy podcast. For more great science, go to thescienceofpsychotherapy.com.